0: Cosmetic family.
1: Thanks for joining us on the Cosmetic Podcast.
0: Cosmetic means being a person or thing that gives rise to a phenomenon that is dynamic or energized. We're
1: tackling topics and telling the truth. I'm Rodrigo Ross. I'm Keith Benson.
0: So today our topic is Brother, can you spare a dime? So, okay, first a little backstory. There was a song that was called Brother, can you spare a dime, right? And it was um, created in the Great Depression to talk about this whole idea of poverty and impoverishment. And so today we are talking about what what is the poverty rate in Dallas who profits from poverty and what organizations are really trying to do something to combat it
1: so when you take a look at Dallas and the poverty facts you know' there's, um, some data that came out um said since 2000 mm-hmm. so the number of people in poverty in the city of Dallas increased 40 percent
0: wow you
1: know that's wow. that's just that's just crazy so you're looking at a city's Total population that's increased only by seven point six percent. Right, right. But yet right. poverty forty percent.
0: Yeah. So just in the last year alone, from like twenty nineteen to twenty twenty, um, poverty went from seventeen point five percent up to eighteen point nine percent. in
1: Dallas. In what the city is, of Dallas. What is I mean, what are, what are you what are you saying? I mean, I know you're you're out there frontline work, uh when we went through this, uh when our doors were shut. You, we, you help pivot and you help start what we call now the Catalyst Initiative, mm-hmm. um, start doing some food distribution. I mean, yeah. what, what are you what did you see? What are you what are you hearing from people at, that are in these vulnerable situations?
0: I, you know, unfortunately, I, I see the statistics playing out. So, you know, across Texas, the average uh, poverty level is about 13.7. Right. So. Dallas pre-pandemic was already at 17.5. During the pandemic, we jumped up to 18.9. And I think that's because not only did you have a generous portion of the population that was already in poverty, you had a substantial amount that was just teetering on the edge. And and this pandemic has unfortunately pushed them to the other side. So, you know, I was telling another group of folks that I was uh, talking to during our distributions, you see more and more people that are accessing that free food and those free essentials that have never really interfaced with these kinds of systems before. Like people who live in chronic poverty for generations they know where to go to get help. But people who this is new to they don't have a clue where to go and, and there are these pride factors and, and there are these all these other things that come into play and I'm seeing more and more people who are really you know, being pushed into this space who really feel lost in this idea of being poor.
1: And it's impacting our black and brown people, right? Yeah. So we talk about yeah. almost 28% Hispanic and almost 31% uh, African-Americans are in poverty. When I look at our distribution lines that, we, that we've had, yeah. it's definitely been our black and brown counterparts that have been coming through um, coming through uh, our lines. And, and it's, it's not uh, so much, and I heard it's not so much all people that, you know, when you quote unquote, like poor, right? right. But right. It, it is people who, uh, look, I am making it from, Day, day, to day to day and yeah. I need this extra yeah. and I can't tell you how appreciative people are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people, thank you guys for, for doing this. And I mean, and and it's, uh, I had one guy like, hey man, you guys blessed me. I just wanted to give this to you all mm-hmm. So, so you, since you guys been such a blessing to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it makes sense because the reality is there are more than 27,000 Dallas residents who live in poverty but they have full-time jobs, right? So, I- imagine if you have a full-time job and you're struggling when the rest of the community starts to constrain and they're struggling You even get pushed further behind. And a big chunk of that number is single moms. Mm. And so those who are affected, they can't find childcare, So now their work schedules may be disrupted or they've had to make the decision whether they have to stay home with children for virtual learning or or whether to go to school. They are really feeling the brunt of poverty in Dallas.
1: Yeah, it broke my heart when you're talking about, you know, uh, staying home for the online learning, Um, you know, uh, talking to uh, a person that... Uh, was part-time staff worker mm-hmm. and she um, her son was home and fortunately that she stayed with her mom for, for her mom to be able to deliver the online curriculum so I was like well man if, yeah. if you if, if your mom wasn't there what would what happen like, she said I would have to quit my job I was wow. like man you know so wow. this pandemic has put people you know in this vulnerable position um, you know as it relates to you know dealing with you know different issues that it's going through
0: yeah, yeah. and you know there are a lot of people out there who have their opinion About what could be done, what could not be done, but you know for as far back even pre-pandemic for as far back as about two or three years ago there has been kind of this siren being rung in Dallas that's saying that you know as a city is Dallas doing the best that it can in helping its poorest residents escape poverty um, and, and there is some some fairly credible evidence to say eh, maybe not maybe mm, not mm. so you, you just have to really think because a, a city with these kinds of poverty, levels, you, you don't get those numbers overnight, right? Like, for many of the folks who are in poverty, this is a generational thing. Like, they were born in poverty, their parents were poor, sometimes their grandparents are poor, and unfortunately, their children almost seem destined for that same uh, outcome.
1: I mean, there's, there's some organizations out there, I think, that are definitely doing some very proactive things to, yeah. to be able to. Harmony uh, Ministries, that's a part of uh, Concord Church. Uh, my man Mark Porter over there, I maybe mean, yeah. They do a fantastic Excellent. job. You're a Concordian yourself, right?
0: I am, shout
1: out. All right, shout what? out Pastor Carter and uh, uh, my man Mark Porter. That's right. Um but they they do a great job. They have a food pantry over there, they're serving, and it's always a call, hey man, how can I support you guys and yes. what you're doing? And yeah. we work together on some uh, on some different things to ensure that those essential needs are being met because we know that this vulnerable population out there who don't have the income that you know some some may have you know, we want to be out there to be able to support them because when we look at um, Dallas and the household income, mm-hmm. you're talking about 27% of the people out there are less than $25,000 for wow. a household. Wow,
0: for a household. Yeah,
1: and then wow. we, if you take a look at that income between $25,000 and 50000 that's tw- another 27%. So wow. you're, you're talking about almost, uh, you know, half the population that wow. is here that is making under $50,000 in, in a household.
0: And, and, and the number is seem to just keep rising for as as much as we're getting these profitable enterprises that are moving into Dallas and people are finding uh, Texas and Dallas to be, you know, a good place to to start their businesses. We're seeing this income and this poverty gap widen. I mean, we're looking at sometimes in certain areas, depending on if you looked at this by zip code, 45, 50, or even 60% of the residents are poor.
1: Mm, And that's a, that's a hard thing. You take Dallas median income, mm-hmm. you know, around forty-five thousand in comparison to um, the U.S. as a whole, yeah, fifty-five thousand. I mean, so wow. that, there's a gap there that uh, you have all this big business that's coming to Dallas, but man, there's still a lot of people out there that's not benefiting from that,
0: right? And 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 then you start to think of this idea of proximity, right? So even with proximity, Dallas's median income is way lower than Fort Worth, but would people say that Dallas is a more metropolitan area, mm-hmm, you would mm-hmm. think that the median incomes will be higher. Fort Worth's median income is a little over $54,000 while Dallas's is only forty-five. Even San Antonio, which is a much smaller mm-hmm. city, their median income is higher than Dallas. So, you know, it, it stands to reason what's going on that systemically we cannot seem to break the chain of poverty here in
1: Dallas. Some, something has to give. Uh, so when you talk about, you know, Texas as a whole talking about 1.5 million people yeah I'm sorry 1.5 million children mm. 1.5 million children children live in poverty wow. wow and it's like how do we how do we make that make that shift and it has to be a much more global answer to to this all
0: so he, here's is is me being provocative right so okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do
1: you, you yeah yeah you know go, it's a fairly
0: well, controversial right now is there this, there is this concept out there, right, of profit in poverty. Is that a driver of pro- poverty in? Dallas. So let me say, according to Wikipedia, right? The term poverty industry or poverty business refers to a wide range of money-making ideas and activities and businesses that attract a large portion of their business from the poor because they are poor, right? And so you're talking about large sums of money being made and moved around on the backs of poor people. And so in advertently is that system keeping folks poor because if you dismantle poverty then there're going to be some business implications Provocative. Huh?
1: Yeah, that's, that's provocative. That's, uh, that's,
0: that's kind
1: of deep, I, you uh, know, uh, Sister Ross.
0: So because for the life of me, I just for a while I've been thinking, and I was like, I just can't understand why. And I get it. it it's not a black and white, right? It's not a, a simple one layer kind of problem. It, it is very nuanced. But I feel like a city that can be so advanced in so many other areas, we should be able to to make some movement uh, around poverty in Dallas. And so there is a, a gentleman, Matthew, Desmond, who wrote this book called Evicted. And basically the book follows eight families, black and white, through their process of eviction. <laughs> and he ties the their real life experience, their transformational experiences to the transactional attributes of po- poverty. And one of the things he outlined was that when folks who are trying to eradicate poverty or address it or whatever, and they have these conversations with folks who would deem themselves middle class they they find that middle class people have an inaccurate perception of what poverty is right so he said they they did a study and they took um, this group of middle-class folks that they were asking for donations on this tour to some of the areas where the donations could, could uh, be used. And, and as a part of the tour, they got to go into the homes of some of these poor families. And in one of the homes, I, they saw like a big screen TV and they saw that one of the kids had on, you know, a new pair of sneakers. And so after the tour, they're doing this debrief and they found that the middle class, people were feeling incredulous and some of them were even angry when they walked into the home of a low income household that had a big screen TV and their children had on new shoes knowing that those children probably receive free and reduced lunch like it was almost like in the back of their mind we want you to act poor we, we don't want you to experience the luxuries and if you can do that then you don't need me but they don't understand that poverty is causes you to to get stuff and do stuff that we wouldn't necessarily think to do. And having worked in these neighborhoods, I tell you, I promise they ain't pay full price for that for that big screen yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah I'm, I promise. I'm, 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 I'm sure about <laughs> it. I mean,
1: but w- we we have to do something about this. We, we said earlier that one point five million of Texas children live in poverty. Yeah, you, you break that down, you know, about thirty five percent. I'm sorry. Dallas has the second highest child poverty rate in the U.S.,
0: in the, not in Texas.
1: Not in Texas, but Good but gosh. in but in the U.S.
0: Who who's the first?
1: Uh, you got um, who's the first? Uh, Philadelphia. Wow. Philadelphia has thirty. Uh, they have a thirty-six percent. Yeah. Man, you know, yeah. it's just that's man, it's heartbreaking. So been right. there, been there. Uh, family. We we grew up in uh, Dale's home in Portsmouth, mm-hmm. Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, it, it, here's the crazy part: is that. I had a, we moved out when I was 10, but I can only remember great things. Now, maybe because I was 10, right? Right, I mean, 10, right. And, you know, I don't know what life problems is, yeah. but even when I look back now, it's like, uh, I-, I could see a couple of things like, eh, okay. But like, I just remember good times.
0: Yeah. Then. yeah. I mean,
1: family, you know, hide and go seek one o'clock in the morning. Uh, we're playing. Um, Family sitting on the porch, you know. Hmm. Uh we have block parties, uh, yeah. you know, somebody comes out and play. I mean, but living in that environment it's not like you know, everybody see doom and gloom, but yeah. there's a lot of love and a lot of family connection and engagement that goes on in then there's this sense of people looking out for each other yeah. that's you know in those in those communities too. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. you go to the extreme end on, on, on some things also, and I have a few stories like that. But I tell you, my my experience in, in living in the projects and living Mm-hmm. Under what we call poor. Uh, man, that's just it's great memories for me.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I would echo that sentiment because we absolutely uh, grew up poor. But there were, now that I think back on it, I don't think I realized it as a child because you just, you really just don't know that you don't know. You kind of key in on something. Mm-hmm. But now that I look back on it, there were absolutely times that my mom would have to go down um, and we would get the food boxes, right? And we would, um, she would have to go alone because the way the system was set up was that if you were married they wouldn't give you a box because they figured well if it's you know a couple you guys should be making money that was patently untrue so my mom would go down and get this box of, of food and my dad would kind of wait down the block or around the corner and then help carry it home and then I remember getting the box at home and we'd have to put away this food like we were excited to get but the food in the box first of all the cheese that you used to get when I tell you Government that makes cheese. the best <laughs> macaroni and cheese ever oh, oh my mother could work magic with that cheese
1: that's a main yes
0: sir but then the other stuff in the box literally would be a can with a white label with plain black block letters that said beans or one can my favorite the one that just said pork mm. I don't really know what was in that can. <laughs> but we were we were able to get that and when we got that, we were like, okay, there's stuff in the cabinets. Now, I will say, we didn't really eat that pork. We was a little nervous of that can. Okay. So that one was for, for last, last. Okay. We okay. didn't really, because I don't, and pork. It yeah. just said pork and it had a little picture of a pig on it. So
1: yeah, that. But
0: you don't know as a kid, right? You're right. just like, okay, right. this is how people live. This is what you do. You could kind of see the stress on your parents, but it's not until you get exposed as an adult that you realize oh yeah that's uh that's not good
1: yeah and one of the things and that really concerns me right now is around education because mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest drivers when you talk about poverty if you don't have a certain level of education it's just hard to be able to, yeah. to move on and yep. so when you have a lot of nonprofits that are working in this space now to really allowing young people um options as it relates to to education because education is not always four-year education right right um, it is you know you got the technical uh, side of things you got mm-hmm. vocational you got you know uh, community college and I would tell you that man the community college system uh, yeah. Dallas College here uh, I think is is all that it is um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna excellent. give a shout out we've had a man uh, Dr. Joe Seabrooks uh, on, on the cosmetic podcast uh, mm-hmm. in, in the past um, and just to be able to talk with him partner with him and um, how they address they you know so yes they address the educational uh, needs there because kids are going to school yeah. but they spend a lot of Time in the space of that those individuals, so yeah. not just the student uh, who's taking a class, mm-hmm. but that that individual who lives in this community and what is their welfare uh, like? They want to provide the different services, and so on campus they're distributing food. Uh, shout out also to uh, President Bob Mung also mm-hmm. over at uh, UNT Dallas in a great way. I mean that UNT Dallas, you know, for a four-year school, you know, yes, they're about the education, but they dig deep down into yeah. the community. Yeah. to make sure that their students have the different resources that they need just to survive.
0: Right, that wraparound programming concept, that the idea that their students come to them as whole, you know, people with these multidimensional challenges and things that get in the way. And I mean, even when you're talking about education, most people... You know, would assume that we're always that we're always talking about post high school, but when you live in poverty, just getting a high school diploma can be a challenge in and of itself. And how do we help people at base, right? right. Get right. that? Like there are very few options for people without that base of at least a high school diploma.
1: You know, days. one one of the great things I'm proud of is uh, Giselle Patterson, our executive director for the T bone Pickens YMCA yeah. and the scholarship program that she she leads. Yay,
0: yeah, Giselle! Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I mean, yes. that,
1: that scholarship program is is, is incredible and it's a four
0: year scholarship it's a four year yes.
1: scholarship and then $2,000 a year yeah. that you can get yeah. and I can tell you that that makes now you don't know nothing about that because what, what, because your, your kids you know they have full scholarships
0: but they mama didn't <laughs> so I, I, I understand <laughs> how wonderful $2,000 can be yeah
1: Absolutely. But, you know we got you know take a look at, you know, what... um Uh, Dr. G, uh, who leads our Y Achievers work with the YMCA Metropolitan Dallas, you know, she does a fantastic job providing different opportunities of uh, options for these young people to go into and go into STEM. And again, it's not looking at just the four-year angle of things, but it's looking at, hey, here are things that you can do right now to provide some source of income for you. If you you do this thing right, you can get that right now.
0: I mean, and and make a a lucrative amount of money, like a decent like, she, she just kicked off this cybersecurity training program mm. for young people, mm. right? And so the idea is you come to this training class for a number of weeks and you're certified in cybersecurity and then you are at, and then they help place you. Like they help with job placement and cybersecurity and all of this online presence and and, spa, and and jobs in the technological field are skyrocketing, right? Like the opportunity is there and you don't have to go, definitely don't want to disagree discourage anyone from getting a four-year degree if that's what they choose but you can get that and get your certification and work and try to lift yourself or your family or whomever out of poverty like there are absolutely a lot of different ways um that folks can get out of poverty but I, I think we will be remiss if we didn't if we didn't talk about some of the systemic triggers, right? So there, mm-hmm. there while for as many things as there there may be available to a person to kind of combat poverty, there are some systems level, some really baked in, you know, things that that keep people from really being. Um, great, like the young folks say, today, they just won't let them be great.
1: And what would you say some some of those things may be? You think about those those different systems.
0: Yeah. So, for instance, uh, mixed income housing. Okay. Right. Having the ability to live somewhere where the schools may be better, where you may have access to transportation a little easier, where there may you may be closer to a job that could pay you more. That's a systemic barrier because for some of the landlords that own some of these large complexes, they don't. They don't often take folks who fall within a certain income range, right? And 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 they have their their ideas and their pros and cons on why they don't do that. Um, but when you clump folks together and everyone is poor and there is a low per capita income, then the businesses don't go there. Then the the access isn't there, and those folks kind of get blocked in to this little area and. and They don't have anything to pull from, there's nothing there available to them. Like there are a number of places in Dallas um, like that. South Dallas, for instance, is you know, when you have a a, a place where people live and they don't have a grocery store, there are no entertainment options, there are very few um, transportation outlets, it is physically chopped up by highways and overpasses and railroad lines. Then how do we system systematically create a physical space? where poor people just can't seem to get a leg up.
1: And so one of those issues with uh, UNT Dallas um, again I think they're truly about trying to how you break some of these systems down because mm-hmm. one of the things that they face is that what they understood was the population who was coming to the school. Yeah. And so UNT Dallas is not a very old school uh, but it's definitely one of the fastest growing universities in the country mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. and it's located on the south side of Dallas yep. and for those who uh, don't know Dallas uh, who, who may be listening out there uh, Dallas is a very segregated place. Yes. There's a South side and there's a North side. And the South side is um, where you have lower income households uh, at. But what UNT Dallas understood was that w- we need to make school affordable yep. uh, so that when you walk out of here, you don't have debt. Right. And, th- and they have that right there. So box check. Mm-hmm. And then we need to give people who live in Dallas access to this university because mm-hmm. we know the students that we're attracting right now. Students who are going to be uh, a little bit older yep. and then folks who uh, may not be able to pay the high cost of what tuition is. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they built in a um, transportation line, uh bus line yes. to, to the school. That was so innovative. They, they, they fought yeah. that. Yeah. And um, some may say, like, why are you bringing it? Because you got to know where UNT Dallas is. It's mm-hmm. not highly populated around nope. there in terms of businesses and all that. Nope. Definitely neighborhood, neighborhoods and communities around there but you are going to that destination for a specific reason and right now that's uh, go to the university but what people do recognize is that um, that place is a h- hot spot and in the future there's gonna be homes that's going to mm-hmm. be built around there there's gonna be big businesses that are gonna be uh, be around there yeah but we have to be able to get people um, edu- they have to get people to this place Of receiving education Again whether that's four year Two year vocational Whatever the mm-hmm. case may be We got to keep providing programs That will afford people opportunity To be able to learn
0: Yeah because just like our title implies right? Brother can you spare a dime Which was penned during the Great Depression Poverty is not new It, it is not a new concept in this country It is age old But there are some new And some innovative solutions like what UNTD is doing there was no bus that ran out there before but there were communities and pockets of low income families who lived close to that campus and when when they advocated and worked with the transportation system to put a bus line out there not only did they give people access to their school they automatically opened up doors of access to that community because those folks had never had you know the opportunity imagine your closest bus line was miles away and would have to take it as far as it goes and then walk the mm-hmm. remainder, mm-hmm. you know, of the way. And so they've taken and and how does that impact you getting to work and getting your children to school and getting home from work and the time it takes to, to do those things? And so when they moved specifically and intentionally into that lower income community and started busting up some of those systemic barriers, they they are lifting that whole community up and you know, serving what, what they primarily do is educate people. Right.
1: Yeah. And so we got to be able to advocate for kind of this private sector, private sector, I mean, public and private to yeah. be able to come together, work together to help with some of this because, you know, you know, Dallas as a city may not be able to bear all the costs, Yeah. but there's enough people that are coming in town, enough big business that is coming in town to be able to help support, you know, creating some level playing field of, of sorts mm-hmm. uh, for some number of people. We may not, May not be able to resolve it all, 100%, right? Uh, but. I think we can do some more proactive things to be able to to get that there. Yeah,
0: and possibly they can. Like, if you have different groups working on different things and really getting at the systems level, like, that's what I find the most appealing is we absolutely have to do the things that work on the symptoms, like Like our food distributions. People are hungry right now. While we're trying to figure this thing out, you still got to feed people. Mm-hmm. Or if they need financial assistance in order to participate at a program at the YMCA, we absolutely need to give them the resources. But when you pull those people together, those businesses, is that private and public, um, you know, coming together to look at systems and let's break up some of the systems that just keep people in need of food and keep people in need of financial assistance. Then, then that's where the beauty comes. Um, and, and we just got to get more people just looking at it from that perspective.
1: Well, we talked about a lot of great organizations that together: Harmony with uh, Mark Porter, Brian Carter over yeah. there; UNT Dallas with uh, President Bob Mung uh, over there; uh, Dr. Seabrooke out at uh, Cedar Valley College and Dallas College System. So of course, and then, the
0: YMCA Metropolitan Dallas with our college scholarships.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And uh, you kicked it off, uh, like I said, with our callous initiative. Appreciate you doing that right there. Thank and you, so, thank uh, Listeners out there in your in your communities, you know, what is it that you can do to advocate for change, to mm-hmm. be able to support uh, people who may be uh, in that vulnerable pop- population of uh, poverty? So thank you guys for listening to Cosnetic, Where we're
0: tackling topics and telling the truth. Hey,
1: subscribe and listen to us weekly.
0: And give us a review
1: And as always... Be
0: dynamic.
1: Be phenomenal.
0: Be cosmetic.